Welcome to Every Moment His. This is a podcast where we seek to bring every aspect, every moment of our lives under the gentle authority of Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. We're glad you're here when we pray this conversation is a blessing to you. All right, Pastor Tim, we are uh, halfway through the commandments. We're looking at the fifth commandment. And uh, what is the fifth commandment? Yeah, fifth commandment. You shall not murder. And what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. All right. Yeah. So Luther's got a good, he's got a good um, emphasis in that explanation. Mm -hmm. This is all about the body. Yeah. And it's not just, um, hey, I haven't killed anybody. Right. Yeah. So it's beyond murder. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the command is do not murder. But what, what allows Luther to go beyond that? I think Jesus's words, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, if you Matthew didn't have five. anger in your heart against your brother, mm -hmm. you're, you've committed murder already. So murder, uh, it's, it's a destruction of someone else's created body, right? Mm -hmm. Like that gift from God and murder can happen. Of course, it, the, it can happen in reality. It can happen physically. It can happen when you actually murder someone, but then it, the source of murder happens in our hearts. Yeah. And Jesus goes right to the, the, the source because that, um, you could say that that anger, that if that anger were to continue on a trajectory without being interrupted, it would murder somebody. Right. Like that, the, the raw material of murder is anger, anger unchecked and, and that we're to have reverence for human beings. And so uh, I think underneath this, you know, we've talked about how the commandment has a no and it has a yes. Mm -hmm. And the yes is you are created in the image of God. Every human being that you ever meet is created in the image of God. And kind of like if you would go to an art museum and you would see like, like, let's say you, you saw like a famous piece of art where you can't even breathe on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, they right. stand 10 feet away. Yeah. Can't even take pictures of it. Like in the same way, um, that you would have reverence for that, that art and you wouldn't mock it or insult it and you wouldn't like harm it we ought to have the same reverence for every human being because every human being is a sacred being created in God's image. Now, I think this is actually something the ancient world didn't really teach or believe. Mm -hmm. We all know it's written on our hearts, but it's really only the, the Christian faith that develops this, this law, not only in saying that all people are created in God's image and therefore deserve respect and dignity, regardless of age, ability, or, you yeah. know, um, but also, um, in the incarnation in, in which God becomes man mm -hmm. and joins himself to our human nature. Now, every human being is, is in some sense, we can say joined, you know, to divinity. Mm. Um, not that every person's a Christian, but that sure. God has redeemed humanity. And so now we can look at the face of every person and see the face of Christ mm. that every person's been died for. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, criminals don't think like 
ordinary folks a lot of times. And I think sometimes I think about like, what do they see? You know, like, do they see other people as kind of just like deer on the highway or just objects to manipulate? Yeah. yeah. And to get past and they don't mind if they end somebody, if it means they're going to get to the next phase. And mm -hmm. sometimes I also wonder if the ideas of our, our secular world, like we just came from ultimately from star dust, we're just here from a long process of random interactions Mutations, yeah, and, and there's not really that same, um, divine, remarkable endorsement of the human form. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, we're just another, another, um, biological form here that doesn't really have that super significance. So therefore it's not that big of a deal if we just stop it. Right. It's yeah. not that big of a change. Well, and, and this is where, this is a huge inconsistency in what we'd call the secular worldview, because um, I think only Christianity can really, truly, credibly say that human beings have worth and innate value and should be defended and protected regardless of age or ability or whatever. Um, now, I think other religions can teach that, but um, sometimes they can be inconsistent like, um, and then also, um, while other religions might teach this, it's most fully developed and, and rationally consistent within the Christian faith. Now, I don't think you can really say as a secular, a truly secular person as an atheist that human beings have any unique value. Yeah. We can say that we as human beings believe that it's wrong to murder people or mistreat people because we say so. Right, right. But there's no higher divine authority or accountability right. by which we are commanded those things. Yeah, and if you push, you know, if you look at the natural world and you see that lion needs to eat, mm -hmm. you know, that lion uh, gets a wildebeest and clamps its jaws on its throat, bleeds it out, eats. What's, I mean, how are we that much different? If it's, especially, you know, if it's just kind of, survival of the fittest, mm -hmm. then there's actually an endorsement. And in fact, a lot of the atrocities in history in the 20th century had this very mindset that it's just weeding out the kind of, um, culling the herd of humanity to get yeah. rid of inferior races or species in the human, uh, human race. And so, um, I mean, those, those thoughts go dark pretty quick. You well, know, some of the, that. the, uh, the thoughts that motivated national socialism in Germany, the Nazis, mm -hmm. some of those thoughts were actually very popular in the United States in the late uh, 1800s, early mm -hmm. 1900s yeah, with yeah. eugenics and sure. things like that. And th just this idea that humanity is progressing and we can, you know, lay b leave behind whatever's inferior or weak. And yeah. we have a moral obligation to do that. And so if one were to develop their uh, their morality from just looking at nature, it would be cutthroat, uh, yeah. red tooth and claw, you know? Well, and this also endorses, uh, racism. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's this myth of, you know, African Americans are less developed because they, they're like closer to their evolutionary, uh, predecessors and things like that. It's just terrible. Those are myths that were, they're basically pseudoscience that right. came. And yeah, you get like, um, 
and some of this was going on like in some of our Ivy League universities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, And there's a lot of people recently that are discovering this and very angry about it, and rightly so, I think. But, you know, um, there is this... um, you, you can't justify any of that from a Christian worldview because as it says in, Paul says in Acts that from one man he formed all the nations. Mm. And so like, I think Christianity has the, the most reliable, sturdy uh, framework, um, like intellectual framework for teaching that all people are created equal before God and that um, and that everybody has, has rights from their creator. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but as a secular person, I don't think you can logically consistently say that. You, you, you can say that you prefer that people not murder. You can say you prefer that people are not racist. Or you prefer that people are kind. Sure. But you can't actually command those things on the basis of an authority above human beings that we're all accountable to because it's written on our hearts. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So you, you don't have a good justification for why you would demand those things from other humans. Yeah. And in the end, wh- whoever has the most power is, is, this is the old, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, mm-hmm, uh, the, mm-hmm. the will to power. Yeah. That's whoever has there. the most power, there's no truth. There's just power. And yeah. whoever's in control determines what's right. Wow. That, that conversation escalated quickly. It got dark, Pastor yeah. John. But so coming back to the the gift of the body, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we've been one of the, whenever God says don't do something, He's also trying to preserve the good yeah, for right. humanity. And I think that's a, the best way to think about the commands that He's trying to preserve a gift to us. So He's trying to preserve to us our bodies, mm-hmm. and He wants us to see them as gifts to be cherished. And I think as well, not only are we created in God's image and then the Lord Jesus was incarnate in the image of humanity. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he like Jesus was a fetus. Yeah. He was in the womb. He was a toddler. The whole stage of, um, St. Irenaeus calls this recapitulation Mm -hmm, that he, mm -hmm. he walked through all the stages, um, you know, of being a embryo fetus, a baby, you know, a toddler, teenager yep. into adulthood. And, and, and by doing so, he sanctified or made holy our human existence. Yeah. And then beyond that, and I think this is maybe something that's just really underdeveloped in people's imaginations, but that the Lord Jesus in his physical body was ascended, mm-hmm. that he ascended into uh, the presence of God as a human. Yeah. And that means that the human form isn't going anywhere. That's good. And the, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, this is the, one of the sneakiest heresies in the church is yeah. this idea that when I die, my soul goes to heaven, the end. And yeah. we forget what we say in the creed every week. I believe in the resurrection of the body. Yeah. And so if we believe in the resurrection of the body, we ought to treat the body and the needs of the body um, with reverence. So how are some ways we can do that? Well, first, I think it always goes to the heart. And I think when, because we can say, oh, I haven't murdered anybody, but we can also treat people like, um, like objects. We can objectify people. Mm -hmm. We can treat people as just resources to manage or, you know, numbers to push around. 
So as opposed to that, we want to see, like you said earlier, kind of the face of Christ. You want to see the face of Christ in every human being. And I love what C.S. Lewis says, ever quotable. Mm -hmm. Um, Lewis says that next to the blessed sacrament itself, that you will never encounter anything more holy than another human being. Mm. And so he's saying yeah. that the most holy thing you can ever touch or receive or experience in this life is, is the sacrament, Christ's mm-hmm. body and mm-hmm. blood. Uh, but next to that, you're, you are, when you meet another human being, you're meeting an icon, you know, mm-hmm. like an image of God. And yep. so you ought to have reverence in the way you speak about that person, the way you help that person if they're mm-hmm. in need, uh, to not ignore that person in their need and to, to really be pro-human. Yeah. Pro-life, right? Pro-life. I think, um, well, that's kind of a, an obvious piece that is worth discussing is that we believe that that child in the womb is a human being made in the image of God. Not dispensable. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's not less than because it's less developed. Um, you know, it's not lower on the importance ratio because how we feel about it, it that is a image bearer. Yeah, and, and so we, we have this pro-life stance that is seamless. It goes mm-hmm. from the very beginning to the end of life. And, we, um, and so we, we have reverence and honor and awe for the image of God in, from the very moment of Whatever conception state. all the way to the end of natural death. Yeah, I think this gives um, a lot of importance to the jobs of caring for the body. So... Um, mother and father feeding children, changing diapers. It's just, it's a sacred act. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, we have, you know, physicians, you know, Mm -hmm. do your job well, because this is a tremendous mystery and treasure from God, our bodies. Uh, And then the caring for the elderly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's great dignity in in this. Hospitals or nursing homes. Um, And Christians were really the first in... We could even say the first in the world Mm. um, to really like to care for the sick, to care for the poor, to care for the elderly in a very formal institutionalized way. And so when you have something like hospitals or medicine or when you have something like, you know, um, orphanages and things like these things were really promoted uh, through Christians. Yeah. Yeah. We they forget saw, that because we're so used to them. Well, I think, you know, in the, uh, in the Greek world, what they would do, they didn't have kind of medical abortions, but they would, they would abandon their children in the, in the, the yeah, yeah. They would just they expose their exposure. children. Exposure. Yeah. And the Christians would go and get those, those children mm-hmm. and raise them as their own because they saw that's a, that's a precious gift. You can't just discard it. Throw it, it out. Yeah. And so I think that, yeah, having that mindset of these are precious gifts and, you know, God created the body. He's, he redeemed the body through the body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He has raised the body of Christ. He will raise our bodies. Mm-hmm. And just to imbibe that mindset of these bodies are humans. These are God's image bearers and we should care for them as such. So, yeah. So some ways we can, we can keep this commandment. I think obviously, you know, keeping a check on our anger hmm. And thinking carefully about the way we talk about other people, um, hmm. you yeah. know, in our speech. Sure. We'll, we'll get into this more with the Eighth Commandment. But just to really speak about people reverently. And mm. even when we have to speak things 
about people that are sadly true, like this person did this thing or this person is of this character. We, we want to be cautious and we want to be um, thoughtful in the way that we're speaking about that person, yeah. speaking about them the way that we'd want to be spoken of if we were in such a situation. Yeah, and I mean, are you particularly maybe talking about their physical condition? Yeah. And their physical being. But even um, their character and, okay. and just, yeah. you know, and, and I think, um, yeah, just um, when we're around people who might be easy targets to be made fun of or bullied, mm -hmm. to really be drawn to those people and, and listen to them and to respect them and to treat them with full human dignity and especially to defend them you yeah. know, from that. And um, yeah, other thoughts would just be, this is a good reason to care for the poor. Mm -hmm. It's a good reason to make sure that, you know, people in your town aren't, aren't on the streets in very cold weather because mm -hmm. you're caring for their bodily needs. Um, don't despise that task, you know, mm -hmm. um, don't make excuses for it. Participate in that. Uh, similarly, it's a very good reason to care for your own body and not to abuse your liver with too much alcohol or mm -hmm. not to abuse your body with too much food or hate your body or cut your body or, or whatever it might be. Never exercise your body. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we receive these bodies from God as a gift. He cares for them and we mm -hmm. do as well. Yeah, it's that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, just like you wouldn't trash your church, you know, yeah. or leave it in poor condition. Yeah. You know, don't do that to your body or your neighbor's body. Um, yeah. The, I think maybe a good thing to conclude on is that, um, you know, so often we get into these political battles about pro-life versus pro-choice. Yeah. I, I'm always just not satisfied with the dialogue on that because... You know, sometimes I think that Christians, you know, like we can be a little bit too limited sometimes in our understanding of what pro-life means mm. that we want to be like pro-life in the womb. But we yeah. also want to be pro-life in like, wow, like, you know, let's not live in a nation where it's hard to have children. Right. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like where you like. Or let, let's be very pro-adoption. Yeah. You know, if we're going to be concerned about um, life in the womb, let's take those children. Let's, let's raise them as Because you own. can say, like, you're anti-abortion, but yeah. what about when you have somebody in your community who has an unplanned pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Like, are you going to say, well, you're kind of on your own, mm -hmm. but don't get an abortion? Yeah. And certainly we don't want that to take place because this is murder. Yeah. Um, but we, we want to be able to support that person. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's maybe the same exact conversation. It's like, how can, how can you support that baby in the womb? Well, the best way is probably to support that mother Yeah, and exactly. to care for her bodily needs and, mm -hmm. and it, maybe the father too, right. Helping with that. So yeah, there's, um, the body's good and God has, um, gifted it to us and we're going to care for it in our neighbors and our own, but we're going to keep the gift that God gives. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to talk about the body next time. Yeah. The sixth commandment. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it was useful for you. If you found this particular useful, you can share this episode with friends or family. 
you can also subscribe to our podcast and whatever platform you're using or give us a review that really helps other people find our podcast. This is also a teaching ministry of Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska. And so if you do not have a church, we would love to welcome you into our community to build you up and to share the joy of salvation with you and the rest of the members here at Holy Cross.